this episode. I think COVID's opened up a lot of opportunities along with all the negatives. We've got a lot of uh, virtual storytelling for leaders programs going on all over the world. And to share stories is the way in which you communicate. The theme is really about those mythological sort of stories, parables and, and, and stories that might be apocryphal, but actually work well, you know, as a business story. You know, the early bird catches the worm. And then straight after that, it was, the second mouse gets the cheese. Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. And I'm here today with my colleague, Paul Achilchik. Hi, Paul. How are you? Hey, Sean. Doing well. Pleased to be joining you on the podcast. Yes. I think this is our first uh, podcast together, right? I think you've been on the podcast with Mark before when I've been away. That's right. This is it. So quite a momentous momentous occasion and of course you're in you run our business up in Sydney um, looking after that part of the world but also doing projects all over the world I mean what sort of things uh, what's sort of keeping you busy at the moment just to give our listeners a bit of an understanding of of what we do here in Anecdote yeah so there has been a I think COVID's opened up a lot of opportunities along with all the negatives so we've got a lot of uh, virtual um, storytelling for leaders programs going on all over the world from uh, Barcelona to Asia and uh, the US. Yes. And then, of course, in, uh, in Australia, we've been very busy with a lot of story, uh, story power strategy programs. And everyone seems to be communicating to, to people that are stuck in their homes around the, the place. Yeah, because we're doing a project together, aren't we, Paul, um, up in Queensland? And that's been really interesting, you know, developing a, a story to help people understand their strategy in this particular organisation. What do you reckon? I mean, just I'm just trying to think off the top of my head here, you know, some of the, the, the lessons that we've learned in that uh, project. Uh, I know for me, for example, just that what you have to do to embed a strategy story, right? It's it's a non-trivial exercise because you're kind of asking people to change their behaviour, aren't you? And to share stories as the way in which you communicate. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's that's a good point. What it takes to embed, and especially with different levels, it's not just the executive team. There's a level of management below them and then another level of management that we've been working with and everyone is linked to this, the central story, but they've all got their own way of telling it and their own little uh, anecdotes and their own little examples. And you see this uh, high-level strategy come to life when a, a manager in a, a remote part of the business is just adapting it to language that's going to and a story that's going to help their team. So it's been quite a yeah beginning-to-end kind of uh, effort, which is great. Yeah, it's exciting when you see that. Okay, we better get down to what mm-hmm. this podcast is all about. So <laughs> as you know, Paul... What we do here is we share a story. Uh, we have a chat about how you could tell that story in a business setting, talk about you know, what makes it work, what could be better. And, and the theme, if you like, for today's um, series of stories, because we're going to actually tell two stories. Uh, the theme is really about those mythological sort of stories, the parables and, mm-hmm. and, and stories that might be apocryphal, but actually work well, you know, as a business story, okay? Um, so let me lay on, lay on this story and, and, and get, I'd love to get your feedback, okay? Sure. Now, just to set up for this, I actually heard this story told by Charlie Munger. So, you know, the billionaire investor in the US, uh, Warren Buffett's uh, right-hand man. And 
I just worked out today that uh, Charlie Munger is like 97. Uh, that's, wow. a his, that's a history, isn't it? I mean, he's seen, <laughs> he's seen a lot and he's still totally active uh, uh, in his, you know, the business world. So uh, amazing, really. Anyway, so I was listening to him on a YouTube uh, interview and he tells a lot of stories. He's a really just full of stories. You'd hope so in 97 years, you collect a few. Well, yeah, well, a lot of people, though, get that age and haven't hardly any yep. stories to tell. So this guy could tell stories from a business perspective. Anyway, he's chatting away and he sort of says to the interview, he says, you know, a young man actually came to visit Mozart, right? And, and he says to Mozart, I want to write, I want to write symphonies. And Mozart, you know, sort of looks at him and says, yeah, well, how old are you? And the guy said, oh, says, I'm 23. Oh, Mozart says, well, you're just too young to write symphonies. This guy looks a bit, you know, thrown by that. And, you know, he says to Mozart, but, you know, you were writing symphonies when you were 10 years old. And Mozart says, but I, but I wasn't asking other people how to do it. <laughs> anyway, I heard that story and I thought, that's a nice little story, right? Um, let's... Let's pull this apart a little bit. Okay. That's great. Didn't expect that. No, right. So first of all, let's have a quick chat about what for you then, uh, Paul, what what sort of things in this story kind of work for you? Like what what is yeah, it about this story that works for you? A, a couple of things come to mind is um, one, that's that element of surprise. It's not what you necessarily expect uh, Mozart to be saying. You'd think he'd be encouraging um, the young apprentice, especially when he was half his age. So yes twist to it and the other thing um i really like the actions are really simple that wasn't a complex story but there's a lot implied that you can learn from it which we can get into just from what he did do by asking mozart even the the mere fact that he asked and then mozart's response so there's a lot of richness in a very simple series of actions and the action is all dialogue mm -hmm. right there's no you know sort of plot structure or anything like that it's just two people talking that's what we're yeah, witnessing here in this story sort of has that form of or structure of a joke right mm -hmm. it sounds like a joke you know yeah. as you say it's like two men walked into a bar you know and one said to the other it's that sort of feeling about it isn't it uh, so it seems a bit familiar in in that um, now, who, this is definitely one of those apocryphal stories. You know, we don't know whether this happened. We, ne we could never know. Uh, but it does make a point, right? Actually, for our listeners, I mean, what would you say is the point of this story? Well, I think one of the points you could definitely draw is if you're going to do something, stop um, and you believe in yourself, stop messing around and asking for advice, advice, just go ahead and do it. Get Make it, it happen. Simple. The Nike approach. That's yeah. right. Exactly. I think that's yeah. what all, that's what this is all about, isn't it? Yeah. Um, yeah I think you know this. This it, it's nice and short. You know, this story is like I don't know four or five bits of you know snippets of dialogue, and that's it. Right. It can be told in thirty seconds or less. Um, so you know, this this is a nice one to be able to pop into a conversation. You know, right. just to make that subtle point. And I think um, because Mozart's obviously so well known and we've got all these associations and a, a whole character built up around him, that's why it can be so brief because yeah. there's so much uh, meaning that we already know. Actually, one of the things I was thinking about with this story, because the other day I, I wrote a blog piece, um, it must be probably the most one recent one on our website, 
And it's about using relevant statements mm-hmm. in stories, you know, that idea of prefacing the point of your story before you tell the story. But with a short story like this, because it sort of has, you know, so this guy comes to visit Mozart. As soon as you hear that, you kind of don't need a point. You know you're going to hear, and it, because it's so short, it's mm-hmm. the answer's delivered so quickly that you can just throw that into the conversation. It feels like it's just coming out of left field a little bit, but mm-hmm. you're willing to hang on and listen because it's, it's that sense it's going to be short. So I don't know, this is, a, this is an example where you don't need a relevant statement, right? That's right. Like you said, it's very to the point and it pulls you in straight away, almost uh, with that joke-like quality to it. Yeah. But, you know, the listeners gripped. I, I wanted to know what happened with Mozart. I know. And it's a bit of a weird one to have in a conversation, I would imagine, too. So, you know, you're chatting away with a colleague and you sort of say, yeah, but there was a time when, you know, <laughs> this guy comes in to visit Mozart. You know, as soon as you say that, either the audience thinks you're totally crazy or they go, oh, okay, this is different. Um, might have to have a listen to this. Actually, I was reading something the other day that um, a a scientist back in the 70s uh, wrote a paper about um, why ideas sort of stick around. Mm -hmm. And and a lot of of the reason is around an idea being interesting, right? That is the... That's the essence of whether a story will or an idea will stick around. And I think as soon as you throw in Mozart in the middle of your conversation, all of a sudden you've just thrown in a, an item which normally is not there. So it immediately has that interest factor, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I know that I was, I was expecting it to go in a certain direction and then when it pivots the other way, um, and, he, and Mozart doesn't encourage his protege or someone. <laughs> That's right. It has a double, mean, you know, double impact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so that's because we're going to share two stories here because they're sort of in the same genre, if you like, mm-hmm. a similar genre. Both sort of sit in that mythological, you know, parable sort of uh, type of story. And the second one I've got for us um, I'll share it and and we'll have a chat about it and then I'll tell you where I found it. So this old man is sitting with his grandson and he says to him, there's a fight going on inside me, son. Uh, It's a terrible fight between two wolves. You know, one of these wolves is evil. He's angry. He's greedy. He's jealous. He's arrogant. He's cowardly. And the other one's a good, good wolf, right? Peaceful, loving, modest, generous, honest, and trustworthy. These two wolves are fighting inside you too. You know, he's pointing to his grandson. And, uh, and in fact, everyone has these two wolves fighting inside him. Anyways, there's a bit of a pause. And after a moment, the boy, the young boy sort of asks his grandfather, but which wolf, wolf will win? And he just smiles and he says, the one you feed. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yeah, I like it. I like that. It's, 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 I think it's, it's an um, Indigenous American uh, uh, parable, right? Okay. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's, again, it's a simple, a simple story. So I think three sentences long. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but there's, this, there's some different elements to this, which I think adds to the reason why I know it grabbed me in the first place, but I'd love to hear your thoughts first. What for you stood out for you in that story? 
I think even despite the fact that it was so short, the imagery was really vivid that it evokes emotion mm. very quickly Two wolves fighting within you. Yes. Um, that really yeah, definitely grabs your attention. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was, that, that's it, isn't it? There is yeah. really strong imagery there and it's violent imagery, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. It's two wolves fighting, you know, you can sort of, you know, really imagine that. And, um, and, and, you know, we know anything to do with violence does go up our levels of interest in in relation to storytelling. Yeah. Uh, it's one of those characteristics that we lean into, you know, primarily because we want to learn from it and avoid it. Um, yeah. So it has that that element to it. And that element of struggle and grappling. You're not sure who's going to to win, which is very much in the question of the grandson. Yeah. Uh, elevating which one's going to win. It, it actually yes. reminds me of a. Speaking of the visual, it reminds me of. Graffiti that I saw in uh, Brazil, of all places, Sao Paulo, was a big, um, big mural, half um, matador, half bull. Yeah. And you know, it was showing the two sides of one being fighting, fighting itself. Oh, really? And that's what came to mind as well, because you make all these associations with the visuals yep. of the story, and I think um, we all bring our own perspectives to it and memories, and that's that adds to it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You're so right, and um, it's. Yeah, there's that element. And, of course, the other thing, too, is in both those stories, the twist is left to the very last, you know, sort of sentence. Mm-hmm. And it's even at the end of the last sentence, right? Yeah. So, you know, the the way they've been honed, you know, and they, they certainly both feel like oral stories, right? You're mm-hmm. told orally. Um, they've been honed through telling that that's where the that twist, you know, makes makes perfect sense, right? Yeah. Um, now, with this second story, the wolf story, um, what, what again would we, where would we put the, what's the point of that story for you? Like, yeah, A, with the point, where would we use it? Like, what would be a situation where you'd use it? Yeah, I mean, in terms of where I'd, where I'd use it, I was thinking um, a manager or a leader supporting or growing, developing one of their team members. Because for me, the point is, um, you might have a team member you're mentoring that's got doubts, um, that is struggling with some things, confidence in some area, but also has their strengths. And you're trying to get them to focus on their strength. Wherever they focus, that's where they're going to uh, develop. Um, but you're putting it in their hands. You're not being too uh, uh, dogmatic about do this or do that. You're, you're yeah. laying out the choice for them with a very clear indication it's in your hands. And uh, I, I think it'd be powerful in a mentoring role. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Actually, it's a it's a nice one to have in in your back pocket for those sort of situations. Kind of reminds me of this. There's a saying, uh, which is a, like a variation of a well known saying, uh, and it goes like this: um, uh, You know, the grass is always greener where you water it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So yep. you know, just that little twist at the end. Um, and you know, if you put the effort in, if you you know, you know sort of put add the value, you know, sort of really, uh, you know, sort of, I, I guess all those characteristics of the, of the good wolf, if you like, mm-hmm. you know, if you mm-hmm. can put, if you feed that, that, that's as what, you know, feed that lawn, that'll be green, you know, good things will happen. So I think it's something you, you know, I'm starting to notice just these little um, sayings uh, yeah. that can be quite useful. Well, Go on. Yeah, go ahead. What were you I was going to say the other place when you when you mentioned that uh, the grass watering the grass. Um, yep. 
it could be used in a change environment. So whenever there's a change, and we saw this at uh, the strategy, story power strategy work we've been doing together, whenever there's a change, there's a lot of resistance. People are attached to the past. And then obviously the future can be scary, but there's a lot of positives in the future. And you've got a choice as you go through a change, whether you're going to focus on the negatives yeah. or, the fear or the positives. And I think this little, um, yeah, this little panel could definitely work in that situation too. Mm. It's sort of like the, the approach you take in um, uh, positive deviance approach to change, you know, finding the things that work, let's do more yeah. of the things that work. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But those little saying, the saying that I saw, there was two sayings sort of told back to back and I thought, okay, that's an interesting sort of juxtaposition. Uh, the first one was, you know, the one that we all know, which is, um, you know, the early bird catches the worm. Yeah. And then straight after that, it was um, the second mouse gets the cheese. Second right. mouse gets the cheese. Yeah, because the first mouse gets snapped by the trap <laughs> and the second mouse gets the cheese. <laughs> and, and I reckon Apple is like that. Apple <laughs> is definitely a company of the second mouse getting the cheese. They're not out there inventing the first iPod or anything like that. Or, you know, they wait until everyone sorts it out a little bit and then they get in there and, and turn it into something that's, you know, quite remarkable. I, like I think these are nice to, you know, to have these little phrases just help, I don't know, grab people's attention, right? Get people thinking about something a little bit different. Yeah, and it takes it out of the context of perhaps the dry, rational business, you know, mode. The challenge, I think, would be, and you mentioned this earlier, how do you switch if you're sitting in a, a meeting room with someone or you're presenting, how do you bring these in to a, uh, to a business meeting? And that, that's where you, you might give it a bit of forethought and practice, you know, yes. of a, something like, like the two, the two wolves story. Yeah. I think I can imagine you're sitting around a boardroom table, right? Mm -hmm. And it's a heavy conversation around the strategy of the organization. And you can see that there are some people in the room who'd naturally go to the negative, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That would be the perfect time to tell that story. And what you would, I think the way you would do it is you'd sort of say, you know, this, this conversation does remind me of a, a, a story that, uh, I came across recently. Yes. There were these two, there was a grandson, a grandfather talking to his grandson. I don't know, there is something just by saying that there's a grandfather talking to his grandson. Mm -hmm. You know, all of a sudden that sort of sets up like we're in a different world now. Yeah. And just change. And, and, and I, I think if you can give that sense, this is going to be fast, you know, mm -hmm. we're going to get through this quickly. Uh, that will really come down to your reputation, I think. Like if you have a reputation of telling short, snappy uh, anecdotes, they'll hear this and go, oh, okay, here comes one. Be interesting to see what this says. I think, I think that could actually have quite an impact because what it would do is it would change the language in the conversation. And anyone who went down a negative path, people would say, you're feeding the, you're feeding the bad wolf there, Paul. Yes. Really? Yes. Do you want to feed the bad wolf? Yeah. we got to feed the good wolf. Right, <laughs> I can see it happening. Change. Right, yeah, I can sure. see that happening for um, sure. Uh, yeah, but you're right. You sort of have to just imagine yourself in those scenarios and try them out. Try them out in small, you know, less risky environments, mm -hmm. and then as you get more comfortable with it, this could be one of your stories that you can tell when you really need it. When you see that conversation spiraling down into the negativity, hey guys, they won't forget it. That's for sure. 
when you do that's it. Right. That's right. It's not like presenting a PowerPoint uh, bullet points. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Okay. Well, I think we've covered all the ins and outs of these two stories. So this is the time where we need to give them a bit of a rating. So it's a double rating here. I'm going to give you, um, you got the Mozart story and the Wolf story. What do you reckon? What are your ratings for those two stories, Paul? So actually on the back of your last point, I think the, um, the Wolf stories could potentially be really powerful by bringing in that culture change, that behaviour change. So I uh -huh. have that to a nine. You've upped it to a nine, eh? Hey, <laughs> good one. Okay. And, um, I learned you, you don't give half marks. You don't give half marks here. So for me, the Mozart one is powerful, short, and punchy. I'm not sure it's as um, versatile. So I'll give it a seven. Seven. Okay. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I was thinking similar. I think I had the similar. Um, I would just say, you know, sort of, you know, gold and silver ratings, if you like, for those two stories. I do like that wolf story. Um, uh, you know, for me, it's probably sits in the eight. Eight and six, I'm going to give it. So yeah. well, good. I'm good to see that you're you're gung ho on your your marking there, Paul. That's <laughs> well, I'm just watering the grass where I think it should be green. And <laughs> <laughs> good on you. I'd like to see that. Um, Rightio, that's great. Well, thanks everyone for listening in. Hey, if you can do us a big favor, um, we just want more and more people to be able to build their repertoire of stories out there. If you can, you know, give our podcast a rating. Um, and share share it with your friends. You know whether that's just telling your friends that anecdotally speaking is a story. You know a place where you can find good stories to retell. Uh, please do that, and because we just want more and more people to sort of build this habit of storytelling, business storytelling, and and having a few stories in their back pocket. So thanks everyone for listening in, and um, tune in again yeah, next week for our next episode of Putting Stories to Work. And obviously, anecdotally speaking. So bye for now. Bye-bye. Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio.